0: Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast at UT Belfast We hope you enjoy as you join with us on Sunday mornings And listen in as we seek to inspire our church and the people of our city To encounter Jesus and just love it with the biggest heart of compassion possible Amen. Um, Well, uh, welcome to UT Belfast. Uh, It's just incredible that you're here. I I just want to, on behalf of you guys, join us online this morning to thank these guys for leading us in worship this morning, because it's so good that someone else helps us with the words that we want to express from our hearts, just to say, God, this is part of our worship to you today, and we just love you, and we love him. So we're going to pray together And then we're going to um, just kick into some stuff this morning. This morning is a bit of a standalone morning. And um, yeah, so next week we're hitting into Palm Sunday and then Easter. Uh, And we really want to make big of Easter because, well, we're the Church of Jesus Christ and we should make big of Easter. And so we want to do that. So, Father, I pray you would be with us uh, in this, through us, just all around us. We need you today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to ask you if you've ever had that moment. Well, the moment where you're interrupted and you know you've got to do the right thing, the kind thing. Uh, it was just before Christmas, it was um, awful weather, it was wet, it was miserable. Sharon and my wife and our kids, we had headed from church uh, into town because we'd heard of like a new shop that was selling some nice drinks and we thought, let's go there. So in our nice comfortable car, we drive over, we pull up, but we can't help but see a woman with her daughter, a young daughter, a little toddler-like daughter. Now they had no coat. <laughs> Um, they, well, had flip-flops on their feet. They were cold. They looked really sad. In fact, they looked like everything they owned were in the two bags that they were carrying. And in that moment, well, you got to do the right thing. So we pull over a car and I get out of the car and I start chatting to the lady just to ask her. She was obviously in distress. No, is there anything we can do to to help? And she told me the story and the story melted my heart. Well, it's in the middle of a pandemic. What do you do? (laughs) Well, you you can't invite them, well, to come with you. You can't uh, go into a restaurant. You can't um, come back to church. There's just so many things you cannot do. Well, she just needed a room for a night. And so there was a hotel across the road and, well, Sharon and I thought, let's arrange for her to stay a night in the hotel and then we can follow it up the next day. So we did what we needed to do and, well, the next day we made the call and we tried to help and we discovered that actually this woman was wanted by the police. Now, why do I tell you that? Because sometimes kindness does not work out the way we hope it does. Sometimes kindness can get us into some awkward situations. But throughout this pandemic, I have never woken up in the morning and thought to myself, do you know know what I'd like? I'd like less kind people today. Do you know what would be really cool? Like if somebody got up in my face and just with their big nasty masked breath just tore into me, no, just roasted me, just condemned me, just put me down. I I have never had a day where I've woke up and thought, do you know, let's remove the world from kindness. What we need is hatred. If anything, we need more kindness. I believe that the church of Jesus Christ carries hope and that God has put in us The ability to actually bring healing with that hope. That he has put tools in our bag that if we activate them and act on them, they can actually bring a difference. I believe this morning that kindness can actually cure. And if you want a title for this morning, it's this, Cure Them With Kindness. No, we're not talking about the kill with kindness, no, that revenge wrapped up in a smile sort of thing. No, no, no. We're we're talking about curing with kindness because there's a whole lot of hurting people. No, we keep hearing about the mental health situation. We keep hearing about loss of jobs, we keep hearing about our economy, we keep hearing about people who are sadly losing their lives, we, hear, we keep hearing about people who are left with long-lasting effects on their health because of COVID. Now how do we respond as the church of Jesus Christ? Well I would say to you today that we respond with kindness, that we can cure with kindness You see, Romans 2 verse 4 says these words, Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, speaking of God, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? There's something about the draw of kindness that leads people to God. Because God is kind. Now, I know that God is so much more than kind. I know that God is love. Love. And the kindness is an attribute of that love. And I know that love is not always kind because I am a son and I have had a mom and a dad at times who have expressed their love towards me and it certainly wasn't very kind. But it was love. And God is love, but we're talking about this attribute of kindness. Philippians 2, 3 to 4, we read these words. Do nothing. Out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Now, we've got to do something with that. <laughs> Ephesians 4:32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. That's something to work through. In Colossians 3, verse 12, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, with humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, I want to say a few things about kindness. And the first thing I want to say today is this, the kindness should be random. Now, when I say that, first thing that comes into my head is voy vance. No. Uh, random acts of kindness, consider it random acts of kindness. And this is the song that plays through my head. In fact, I remember Foy standing on this platform singing that song. See, kindness should be random. To quote the great theologian Gandalf in The Hobbit, some believe it is only great power that can hold evil in check. But that is not what I have found. It is the small everyday deeds of ordinary folk that keep the darkness at bay. Small acts of kindness and love. See, random acts of kindness is the it's the love that interrupts us. It's the going to get a drink and all of a sudden, well, you gotta be kind. Or you want to be kind. In Acts 4, 8 to 10, we read, and this is Peter explaining a situation that he's just had with a, a beggar where he prayed for him and this beggar was healed. And we read these words, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. That's probably key. Filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he is healed, then know this, you are the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. You see, the story is that Peter is on his way to church He's on his way to church and he meets a guy in need and he has an opportunity to do an act of kindness. He has an opportunity to put a man, a human being, before, well, religious protocol, before his programs, before what he had planned for the day. He had an opportunity to interrupt that with kindness. Random acts of kindness. Kindness. I've realized as a church leader that nothing will kill kindness more than programs, more than plans, and more than religious practice. Nothing will kill kindness more. And we have had an opportunity in this lockdown because we've had less programs. We have had less uh, people telling you, here's the plans. We've had less organized events. We have had less of that. And it's because of that which actually have had an increase in kindness. People looking out for their neighbors, people looking out for their friends, people applauding, people clapping, people encouraging, people going across and people stepping across the street, people getting to know people. An opportunity to be kind. You see, Peter may have been late for church, (laughs) but he was on time with kindness. And as followers of Jesus Christ, just like Peter, no silver and gold I don't have. But he took him by the hand and he spoke life into him in the name of Jesus. And the challenge is today, what would interrupt us in fact, would we be open to be interrupted to just step into someone's world and in the name of Jesus, show them kindness? Because kindness should be random. The other thing that, come, that kindness should be, well, it should be relational. And in Acts 9, 36, we come across, well, the kind person, okay? So scripture tells us all about her. And we, we read these words. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. I I always read this and think, great name for cats, not for humans, good for cats. She was always doing good, or we should read their acts of kindness and helping the poor. Now, now in this, you can read this and go, well, there we go, she's a really kind person, but but there's so much more. See, Dorcas means full of grace. And there's some things in scripture that are partners with kindness, You see, if you're not a very graceful person, you're not going to be a very kind person. If you're not a very graceful person to yourself or others, you're not going to be very kind to yourself or very kind to other people. There's partners. Uh, When we read through scripture, we realize that patience is a partner with kindness. (laughs) And it's hard to be kind with people unless you're patient. And then, of course, goodness and kindness. And we'll jump into that in a few moments. But goodness and kindness, what a partnership. And it's hard to not have the right motivations and truly be kind. And see, in Ephesians 2, 6-7, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable richness of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ. See, grace and kindness. Now, we don't know loads about Tabitha. No, Tabitha, well, we know she was called Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. Uh, we don't know what kind of car she drove. Um, we don't know what she lived in a house. Was it detached or a townhouse? Uh, Was she wealthy? No. Was she educated? Was she successful? Was she married? Did she have a family? Uh, All these things. No, of course, she didn't have cars, whatever. But all of these things we pursue, we don't know really anything about that in her story. But above stuff, she had character. She had hit jackpot. She is in her last moments of her life. She is dying. And what is she being celebrated about? Her kindness. She's kind. You see, we read about about Tabitha that she was, well, a disciple. And again, it emphasizes that there's difference between being a Christian and being a disciple. Now, you might be listening and going, well, I'm a Christian and a disciple. Well, are you or uh, uh, am I? <laughs> you see, I've put it like this, that the difference between a Christian and a disciple, one takes from the cross and the other takes up their cross. Now now what I mean by that, it's this, well one says I'm forgiven and the other says, I will forgive. One says I am reconciled to God and the other says, well I will seek to reconcile myself to others and others to God. One says, I am valued. The other seeks to show that value to others, that they matter to God. One says, Jesus died for me. The other says, I will die for the cause of Jesus Christ. Tabitha was a disciple. (laughs) And we read that Tabitha, well, she got sick because she was helping the poor. And in Acts chapter 9, verse 39, we read how that she died and and Peter went with them. And when he arrived, he was taken upstairs. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing him their robes. Now, this wasn't a fashion display. This was them saying, look, look, see these clothes. She made them for me. I'm a widow, and and in in this culture, I'm forgotten. I'm at the bottom of the heap. I am out there on my own, but she came along, and and she made this for me. She made this for me. See, they showed this clothing and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. You see, kindness is relational. (laughs) Kindness is more than random. But Tabitha was surrounded by people who she had sewed kindness into their lives. Now Tabitha had no um, sewing machine. <laughs> she, she had a needle and a thread. Now I can't think of anything smaller than a needle and a thread. That's of use. A needle and a thread. The smallest thing. But she surrendered it into the hands of God. And this is one of those moments where we do ask, well, what's in your hand? You see, if she can get this place in scripture because she took a needle and a thread and she had used it for the kingdom of God and to reveal the kindness of God, what can we use? I don't want to stretch it too far, but I've tried sewing and not very, not very well, not very good. And the thing that I do best with a needle is like stick it in my fingers and stick it in my thumbs. And when that happens, it hurts and it bleeds. And, and I know that Tabitha, no matter how good she was, well, she would have pierced her skin at times and, and she actually bled for these widows. And I can't help but to think, because Tabitha was a disciple of Jesus Christ, that in those moments she would have thought of Jesus and how he, well, he didn't just break skin, but he had his back broken. He had nails pierced through his hands and through his feet. That he really bled. And I'm sure in those moments Tabitha just thought, do you know what, what's a little bit of discomfort So that I can show kindness for my king. Tabitha was kind. And she was full of kindness. And Ephesians 2.10 says we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. These are her good works. You now, for you today who are looking for purpose, will pick up your needle and pick up your thread, look around you and who can you be kind to? Who can you love? Who can you show that attribute of love called kindness to someone today? You know, how can you love God? How can you love people? Because it turns out when you pick up what is in your hand and you start to love God and you start to love people, With it that you ultimately find purpose. It starts with a needle, it starts with kindness. Jerry Bridges said, Kindness is a sincere desire for the happiness of others. (laughs) In Titus 3, verses 4 to 5, We read, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in our righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing, regeneration, and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Tim Keller, he describes kindness, which is an ability to serve others practically in a way that makes me vulnerable, Wanted by the police, (laughs) which comes from having a deep inner security. Tabitha had Jesus. She wasn't looking to be loved. She was loved. She wasn't looking for someone to be kind to her. God had revealed all of his kindness to her in Christ. Just over a year ago, Caroline Flack sadly took her own life. And just before that, she had posted on her Instagram, in a world we can be anything. Be kind. And it sparked a hashtag, no, be kind. And people love a good hashtag, don't they? No. Uh, and, it, and it raises awareness and it's good to raise awareness and people use hashtags to raise awareness for anti-racism and, 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 and how good is that and, and for how women should be safe and as a daddy of daughters women should be safe and men should be better but I want to say this that hashtags may raise awareness but hashtags don't change hearts In Galatians 5, to 23, we read the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. See, the reality is to be kind, we need God's help. I, I want to rephrase that. To be kind, we need God's helper. Jesus said, I'm going to go and I'm going to leave you a helper. And he uses this term paraclete para meaning will to come alongside cleat means to call and it's this reality that we need to call the holy spirit to come alongside us to help us to be kind to be patient to be love We need God's helper. We need to develop and build a deepening relationship and dependency on the spirit of God. That's what will change this nation. That's what will change the world. But ultimately, the problem that I am, that's what will change me. I need you, Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, would you come beside your church and even in this moment, invite Holy Spirit to come beside you and help you to be kind. Tabitha was industrious in kindness. Wholesale kindness. And genuinely, I believe going into the rest of this year, what, what everyone needs to see is a church with wholesale kindness, that listens, that hears, that understands, that gets alongside, but not in our strength, but in the power of Holy Spirit. See, the fruit of the Spirit is what is happening on the inside, being shown on the outside. It's the decrease of me and the increase of God. It's not just who I am, it's who I am becoming. It's this dependency and a relationship that's led by the Spirit of God that. I expect that if I call myself a disciple and follower of Jesus Christ, that my life will change, but I am also humble enough to say it needs to change, that I need him to change me, that it's not good enough for me just to think kind, but I need to be kind. See, Tabitha was kind because Jesus is kind. We read how Tabitha, well, she's dead and Peter turns up, he gets on his knees, he prays, Tabitha, get up. And the first thing he does is he takes her to the rest of the widows and shows her she's alive. They're like, yeah, come on. You see, it took a big miracle to fill a big hole, a big gap of kindness that was left behind by Tabitha. There haven't been too many people in the New Testament raised from the dead. Jairus's daughter, The widow's son who lived in Nain, Lazarus, you know, Eutychus, who, remember the wee guy, fell out the window because Paul was boring him to death, literally, boring him to death, and then, like, Paul raised him again uh, to life. And of course, Jesus. (laughs) I read a story recently, and it was an account by a student who spent a summer in the slums with Mother Teresa. And he said, people often ask me what Mother Teresa was like. Now, did she glow in the dark or have a halo? No, she was short, wrinkled, and precious. Maybe even a little ornery, like a beautiful, wise, old granny. But there's one thing I will never forget. Her feet were deformed. Each morning during mass, I would stir at those feet. I wondered if Mother Teresa had leprosy, but I wasn't going to ask, of course. One day, a sister asked us, have you noticed mother's feet? Uh, and we nodded curious. She said, well, her feet are deformed because we get just enough donated shoes for everyone. And mother doesn't want anyone to get no, stuck with the worst pair. So she digs through and finds those. And years of wearing bad shoes have deformed her feet. That is the kind of love that places our neighbors' needs above our own. Now, the question I'm asking myself, I start with myself genuinely. I start with myself and I, I then ask you to ask yourself. I'm not asking it of you, I'm not putting myself up here as a judge, but I'm asking this question to myself. No, who will miss my needle? <laughs> who will miss my needle and thread? I'm not talking about my my great talents. Oh, this and that. He's so good at. No, no, no. Who will miss my needle and thread? Who will surround me in the last moments of my life and be glad that I was alive and revealed the kindness of God to them? Because the kindness of God will lead them to repentance and repentance will lead them into a relationship with the living God. A needle and thread, the smallest thing lastly and as I come to a close kindness should be radical Uh, and when I think of radical I think of Joseph I think of Joseph who well his brothers like dumped him in a pit left him for dead he ended up in prison he ended up being accused of rape his life was just an absolute disaster but in the end God turned it for good because that's what God is best at he's the best at taking a life that's a disaster and making it something worth living something good and those brothers deserved nothing else but to be thrown in the same prison that he got out of. But instead he blessed them. Now I think that is radical. I, I think that is just the definition that just is the all of that. He says, don't be afraid, I am, in, am I in the place of God? <laughs> That's radical kindness. I think of Pharaoh's daughter. <laughs> find a Hebrew baby in a river and give it a home and that one there's so many children would love a home and maybe your act of radical kindness and maybe God has been speaking to you before this today and he's asking you to find a child who needs a forever home, and you could just do that. You could help in that way. That's radical kindness, isn't it? There's so many examples of radical kindness in Scripture, but the greatest of this is when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, God came to us in the perfect motivations, and out of loving kindness He gave up his life so that I can live. That sets us up for Easter. (laughs) God is good. God is love. And an attribute of that love is his loving kindness. Well, sometimes kindness has to be radical. And I know scripture says God wants no obedience above sacrifice. And yeah, in that context, he doesn't want a load of rules and regulations. But sometimes radical kindness costs. So let's be random with our kindness, open to be interrupted. Let's be relational. Let's actually know the names of people that we're showing and revealing the kindness of God. And let's admit that we need God's help to do that. But perhaps God is calling you to a radical kindness. Perhaps God is calling me to a radical kindness. A thing. Someone I don't want to bless. Someone I don't want to forgive. Someone, well, by doing this, it's going to disrupt my home. (laughs) I may even bleed. But what's a little discomfort to reveal the king of the kingdom of God? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your kindness. First revealed to us. And to think that the Holy Spirit wants to make us kind. Just that is enough. That the Holy Spirit is working in us to make us kind. I pray in this season like never before the church of Jesus Christ will be known for its kindness that we will be disciples who don't just take from the cross but are prepared to take up our cross in Jesus name Amen let's worship together Hi everyone, thanks for listening in on our Sunday podcasts Check us out on our Facebook, Instagram at Belfast.